0: It's been rough, like. Woo.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you need to get your ass to Mars. Uh,
2: yeah. Come on. <laughs> See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> Considerate a divorce. You blew my cover! <laughs> <laughs> two weeks.
1: Yeah, two weeks. <laughs> I got five kids to feed. (laughs) I got four kids to feed. What happened to the other one? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't have to get started now, but just in case we did and we didn't know it, I am here with the wonderful Desmond Peel of Desmond's Flicks, and we are getting our asses to Mars with some Total Recall. I I... We'll do the whole the whole first hour of this episode is just gonna be <laughs> I'm
2: a construction worker, but I still find time to work out seventeen hours a day. I <laughs> just <laughs> That's gonna
0: be the whole whole episode. I.
1: I got you! All right, if you made it through that, that was a test. <laughs> We're here to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Philip K. Dick and Paul Verhoeven and half the cast of Starship Troopers and Sharon Stone and all the wonderfulness that is 1990s Total Recall. I believe that's yeah. when it came out. Yep, 1990. Uh, you said this is one of your all-time favorite movies, yes? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing this in the theaters with my parents when it came out. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> Big Arnold fan growing up, and when I saw this one, it was just, it was everything that I wanted from an action movie. you got just excessive violence Really great practical effects. This film actually won an Academy Award for Best Practical Effects or Effects in a Film. Um, And just Arnold Schwarzenegger going balls out crazy in this movie. What I love about him is that he's game for anything. And he just, he goes for it. And he, ah, man, we'll get into it more. But yeah, this film is is one of my all-time favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and and action movies it's it's a blast
1: when was and it, it could be okay if it's been a while but I'm just curious before we decided to do it as an episode when was the last time you watched this movie I I, I think I'm gonna start asking some people this it's...
0: yeah uh gosh it might have been I feel like it's been at least five years it's been a while
1: oh so it was a nice trip nice trip back
0: yeah, yeah, it transported me back to to watching this on VHS with my dad as a kid.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good memory.
0: What about you? Um
1: before the before we decided to do this as an episode. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Uh last year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I I am a definitely a fan of this uh you know there have been oh, I'm trying to think of we are a fan of Paul Verhoeven over here at the Psycho-Semantic podcast. You know, we did Starship Troopers a couple of years ago. That was one of those extra mega episodes where I put out an episode of me, Duncan, and Smoke talking politics before we even got around to talking about the movie. And then the second episode was talking about the movie. <laughs> um what else what else is Verhoeven you know, Robocop uh, I've had Kit Power on to talk about the Manchurian Candidate movies and uh, when he wrote his book about Tommy by The Who we talked about that and then just before the deflating UK election we got together for just a straight up politics chat and um, those who do not know he's got uh a show dedicated to RoboCop, so he has eternal dibs unless he actually says he doesn't want to do it, but we've talked recently about it. But um, we're going to do Total Recall right now. For some reason, I thought he was involved in uh, Running Man, but that must just be the Arnold connection. Right. RoboCop's going to be done, uh, you know, before I joined the VD Clinic, I think the first episode of that show was Showgirls, which some people forget is directed oh. by the guy that did Total Recall <laughs> and RoboCop.
0: I got a soft spot for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun.
1: You know, I, I, I that, that movie came out at the perfect time for me because I was able to overlook a lot of its flaws because I grew up watching Saved by the Bell, and I wanted <laughs> yeah, to see same. <laughs> Naughty Jesse Spano. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> after that, it sort of becomes one of those you either love it, you hate it, or you don't have a feel, strong feeling towards it kind of movies. It, nobody's really... Well, I guess... Uh, I think it's a love it or hate it movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: you know, I don't even really know how I feel about it. I think that's why I tried to find something in the middle because I hadn't really thought about it. But I mean, I remember parts of it and actually some of the parts of it don't have nudity at all in it. So it has some sort of other memory implanting part to it. Well, it was a, it's a Versace. Isn't that a, a thing where she's talking oh about Versace?
0: God i think okay. yeah I, man it's been a while but yeah it's <laughs> i gotta watch that one again because it's it's a freaking blast <laughs> it's so bad but so much fun so much fun
1: um and to make a long story short i like total recall i did not go see this with my parents i might have gone see this with my friends parents like my friend that i watched the movies i wasn't allowed to watch with <laughs> you know Uh But I don't have a strong memory of seeing it in the theater. But I've I've long been a fan of it. And, you know, there can be some cheesy bits. But, yeah, like you said, awesome special effects. They use miniatures. They use practical effects. There are all those people from Starship Troopers in there. (laughs) Yes.
0: Sharon Stone is so sexy.
1: So sexy. Oh. What have you been feeding this thing?
0: Oh, my God. Blondes. (laughs) Blondes
1: named Sharon Stone who, like, got super, super duper fit. And I think I read somewhere that she timed her posing in Playboy to coincide Uh with the release of this movie to show off how awesome she felt about her body.
0: Oh, my God. I can see why. Because she looks dynamite.
1: Yeah, she. I think she learned like Taekwondo and something else for the movie, and she oh. was honor, given an honorary induction into either the All Stunt Stunt People Guild or something like that, or the Women's Stunt Guild because of the. That's work she awesome. Did. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Uh-huh. And speaking of that, fucking awesome stunts in this movie. I like. I love stunt work. action movies and I feel like one of the things that we took for granted in the 90s and the 80s and even in the 70s was that you you had stunt men you had stunt women and now so much of it can be done with CGI so going back to a film like this with real stunt people putting their body on the line it just adds this extra sense of like holy shit that's a real person doing that and that is amazing that's amazing to me they do that
1: yeah, I'm going to put my body on the line to get thrown around by an Arnold Schwarzenegger who's still kind of working on solidifying his reputation as an action star. You know, it's right. not – I love his climate activism, but I imagine – I haven't seen any of his most recent films, but I, I imagine he's going at half half pace anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean this is before Terminator 2. Um, So he was still riding high on the 80s action movies and becoming that big action star. But once Terminator 2 hit, it was like he went to just mega celebrity status.
1: That's when he opened Planet Hollywood or some shit, right?
0: (laughs) Right, with Stallone and um, – Was it Bruce Willis? Yeah, Bruce Willis. (laughs) The trifecta. Yeah, I mean,
1: if 80s and 90s, I think those are about... I'm not a gigantic action movie fan as a rule. No, I mean, not as a rule. Uh, uh, in general. Right. But if it had Bruce Willis in it, if it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, a little less so with the Stallone, but still, you know, I watched all the Rocky movies. My first memories of movies and stuff are from the 80s. So... Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger were in all the action movies. Yeah, Dolph I'll Lundgren. Some, yeah, well, we'll give him Masters of the Universe. When I was seven or six or however old I was when that came out, I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, have you ever read the short story by Philip K. Dick? I have
0: not actually. Uh, have you? I have. I have. Uh, I'd be interested to hear. Some of the differences and the similarities, because what I've what I've seen, like just little plot synopsis of it, is that there's more of an emphasis on um, telepathy in the storyline.
1: There is a little bit, and there's a larger emphasis on. Well, okay, if you're listening to this, you have to have seen the first Total Recall, I would imagine. If you haven't, I, I think it it's a given that we're gonna spoil this movie. That's what 30 years old
0: yeah something like that
1: it makes me feel old so you know (laughs) yeah so it'll be 30 next year if if i've got its age right (laughs) i better check i (laughs) if i prepared would you really know that this was this show yeah it came out in 1990 so next year it's gonna be 30 years old but yeah i i'm a I haven't read all of Philip K. Dick's stuff, but um, let's see what. He wrote the story, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, that Blade Runner was made off of. He wrote The Minority Report, which The Minority Report was made off of. He, and uh, he wrote some other movies, or some other things that have turned into films. But, uh, and I'm sort of spacing out a little bit. Uh, you know, we got the Man in the High Castle series going on right now that's based off a book of his. But uh, Total Recall was We Can Remember It For You Wholesale is what it was called. And it's a lot of it is spot on, you know, straight adaptation to the movie. Now, I know the original script that was worked on by Dan O'Bannon had a lot more violence in it or, or a lot more dark comedy. And they sort of changed it to amp up the violence when. Schwarzenegger got added on to play towards his strengths he he can be funny but he's not a dark comedy kind of guy um right but yeah i mean the the main character is douglas quail instead of douglas quaid
0: i'm so glad they changed the name quail just doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah and, and you know he was a not unassuming, you know, middle-build, middle-height, middle-age sort of accountant-type guy. Uh, very un-Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it starts out very much the same. You know, he's uh, he, thinking about Mars, and he goes to recall uh, in the movie. And you spring off on anything you want to talk about through here, because we're probably just going to bounce around chronologically uh, in in the comparison. But... uh in the in the movie the secretary is what she's changing the color of her nails
0: I love that scene that's so cool it still works today too
1: it does uh, it, it was totally cool and I thought that was interesting that it, it popped out in my memory this time around in the short story it's uh, it's in it's in the future what this takes place in 2084 right um, it's her breasts she's Painting her breasts, and changing those oh. colors. It's you know it's you know they they just sort of mention it, but a little bit later on when Quade um, Quail uh, when when Arnold <laughs> when our main <laughs> when our main character uh, in the short story it happens the same as like in the movie. And I know uh, Paul Verhoeven said that you know, and we may have a little discussion about this. Uh, the first twenty minutes of the movie are definitely reality. Mm -hmm. And the rest is up for debate. So the movie and the short story sort of continue in the same path, that part. Um, They start to do the implant, or they're getting ready to do the implantation, and then he freaks out, and he's just like, ah, you
2: blew my cover! <laughs> <laughs> that
1: <They're>
0: coming.
1: coming! <laughs> um,
0: and, and I love the reveal when they've sedated him. And, um, you know, the guy that's, like, running recall is like, of course he's doing that. You've put him into the, you know, you've implanted him. And she's like, that's not possible because we haven't implanted it yet. I love that because then it's like, oh, shit. What, have, what happened? Did they um? Un- unleash something in his memory where you know he, he had this whole thing wiped out that he was actually the special agent such a great way to really ramp up the film and, and get you really engaged with the story it grabs you by the balls
1: yeah it's like holy shit i can't imagine how blown my mind would have been when i was <laughs> little kid mind blown Oh, yeah. Great plot twist still as an adult. They do have the setup that's similar where uh, in the story, they have they go a little bit more into the artifacts that they give you. You know, they give you mementos yeah. from Mars and stuff. Uh, and in this, you know, he's, he's picking out, and they show them creating a digital composite that will turn out to be... Oh, what's her name? The the, oh, the uh, brunette lady.
0: Oh, um... Melina. Uh, Lina, Melina, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, so he builds her, and they talk about the monsters on Mars, and there's a little clip from uh, The Martian Chronicles is one of those pictures. And... um, So, yeah, they're like, oh, he, he's a secret agent. And in the movie, they're like, holy shit, the guy says something about the agency. And... They get f- afraid in the short story, and they dump him in a cab. But in the in the short story, they refund half of his money instead of all <laughs> right. Of it. I read about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, he's kind of got the memory, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is just. I, I mean, I don't know. If, have you read a lot of Philip K. Dick stuff,
0: if any? I, I haven't. I have. I lo- I love the films based off of his stories, but haven't read them.
1: Oh, okay, and yeah, a uh, paycheck. He wrote he wrote the short story that the Alec Baldwin um, Uma Thurman movie Paycheck oh, is based off of. A lot of stuff about memory and the future. I mean, uh, the guy himself, I think he was a paranoid schizophrenic who also really liked doing acid. I can uh, see that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he had safes full of things and he was always talking about the government Uh, he wrote a lot of stuff about paranoia and what is reality Uh, i would recommend any of the things that i've mentioned already i've read Uh, i wrote a couple papers about uh blade runner and android's dream of electric sheep in college oh nice
0: and can we talk about ronnie cox and michael ironside
1: I love that Paul Verhoeven has – well, no, Ronnie Cox was in uh, uh, RoboCop.
0: RoboCop, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And Arnold was almost going to be RoboCop, but he, like, couldn't work with the suit. I imagine, like, they would have had to just paint the suit on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that would, that's probably a porn somewhere of a buff guy painted oh, like RoboCop.
0: <laughs> oh, but, yeah, Michael Ironside, I love him in this movie. I mean, I love him in general. He's so awesome. But it's like as soon as he shows up and, you know, it's it's after both um, Sharon Stone or, or Lori has had that fight with with Quaid. He's run out of the house. And freaking Richter comes in, knocks over one of his cronies and says, don't touch her. Like <laughs> I just like yeah, that's that's an
1: entrance right there. I know I totally did not notice, maybe even until this recent time, that Richter and Lori were an item of some right. sort. Yeah, the the don't touch her part. I, if I noticed it at all, I'm I'm sure I assumed like, well, Sharon Stone's fucking hot and he's got to have a crush on her. But then there's that conversation a little bit after this part where. The one little Weasley guy is like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she hated every minute of having to fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she even does this thing with, like, you know, her, her whole workout outfit where she, like, ties her wrists up and she's like, want to go one more round for old time's sake? It's yes. like, oh, my God. Like, you can tie me up.
1: <laughs> oh my god And she does the most guilty thing and she looks back at the visual screen or whatever it's called right And <laughs> the, yeah, the <laughs> there's a lot of punching and kicking and fighting scenes and you know close combat you know when he got back from recall his buddy from the construction site you shouldn't have gone I told you not to go
0: and that scene when he comes back and gets dropped off by the Johnny cab which i love the Johnny cab we'll get to that but the Johnny cab
1: <laughs> driving the tesla car that you saw in 2019 it looks the same i checked it out
0: yeah. hope you enjoyed the ride <laughs> but like when when quaid comes back he runs into his buddy and then there's all those dudes surrounding him and they're about to shoot him the how visceral that scene is the blood the punches like and just like the squibs when he shoots everyone and how he just automatically knows all of these moves and how to shoot someone and then the realization of Oh my god, I just killed someone and I literally have blood on my hands.
1: Yeah, the, the muscle memory. And, <sighs> uh, and that's where he goes back and confronts Sharon Stone and they. She tries to kill him and you don't know who it is, but you kind of know who it is if you're looking at the person.
0: <laughs> she did some <laughs> high kicks too. She was yeah. kicking high. It was damn. That's badass.
1: That's, that's that training. And. God. The animatronics of Arnold's head have improved in this fi- film from the uh, the the one from the Terminator. Yes, but, but, and they got a lot of use out of it. You know, they use it at the, at the beginning when he has the dream about falling down the hill and smashing open his helmet. and Gets all bugged and, out. You know, I, he's I, going. I, I, he's I, going I, I, his eyes like somebody's just squeezing a balloon behind that that thing. And, yeah, yeah, they get it when he's pulling. Just shove this toilet snake up your nose real hard. You have to trust me, because I'm That's my you. mind, yeah.
2: <laughs> I am Hauser. You are Quaid.
1: My, my name, name is, is not,
2: not Quaid. <laughs> Quaid. <laughs>
1: if you can't tell we're gonna rate this movie high if we rate it at all at the end of this show but uh okay so as far as quaid knows he is and there's a similar have you seen paycheck i have not okay in that uh there's a character that does Computer, sci- uh, computer science, computer uh, science, computer or science things, and uh, for comp- for big corporations, and then they erase his memory so he doesn't know how he did it. Okay. And they they maintain the property that he created. Oh. It, it's pretty cool, And it it's kind of cheesy. But it, I mean, it's it's Ben Affleck, it's Uma Thurman, it's uh, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, oh, okay it's a good cast and some other people uh yeah i uh i would that's a pretty cool movie too uh, i'm a big fan of dick if you can't tell i uh, know you are <laughs> uh i'm i'm a lot more careful about shit i say on shows that i don't edit but i'll probably have left that in but anyway i've i'm sure i've said it before <laughs> i've said it before and i'll say it <laughs> again but uh i can i cannot recommend dick enough for anybody and he just—I don't know. I don't, I don't know if his, his mental illness was part of his genius or the other way around, but he writes stories that I can really get behind, and they have little messages. You know, like this one as got—you know, when he gets to Mars, and when they're talking about Mars in the very beginning, when he's, you know, he's like, I know why you're depressed, you watch the news— uh, or you know, there's a lot more commentary about society in Robocop, but still this uh, this has a corporation run by Ronnie Cox, and they have privatized air on a planet, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they are oppressing the indigenous people who they call rebels and just kill on TV and say they're terrorists. And it's, like, you're just oppressing the indigenous people to harvest their natural resources while privatizing something that should be a human right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and and there's also (laughs) that aspect of, like, wanting to escape your mundane life, do something else, be someone else. And Quaid is yearning to be something more than he is and there's even that point where he tells laurie at the beginning he's like you know i want to be someone she tells him you are you're the man that i love and he's like oh that's not exactly what i mean but okay (laughs) i want to be something that i care about (laughs) yeah like you know i want to feel like i accomplished something and so being able to go to recall with this idea of like wow i can do this thing it's totally gonna be safe I'm just gonna have this memory of this really amazing trip that I took as a secret agent and I'm gonna bang this hot chick and save the the entire planet hell yeah I'm in you know that's he just wants to have that that moment in in time where he was someone else for a little while and I think a lot of us can say yeah when you watch a movie you just want to escape from your normal everyday life and be somewhere else, and and that's what Quaid wanted.
1: I don't know how much to say without being spoilery. In the short story, there's a reality or memory implantation that is possible to be, you know, you're not really sure which it is, that really speaks to, like you were saying, about him wanting to be the most important person in the world at a moment. I think the the book that I have that has this in it is either Paycheck and other stories or something. I'll I'll have to check because I, I think there are. Uh, I think this is in the same collection with the uh, Paycheck short story and something else. You know, Man on the High Castle and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep are standalones, and the Minority Report might be in the same collection. It's it's kind of like you know people going through uh, Stephen King short stories. Like oh yeah, that'll be a movie and that'll be a movie. <laughs> but yeah, in the movie, uh, either uh, he leaves, he leaves Earth and gets his ass to Mars. Uh, he's get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. And he's still doing all the stuff that he talked about as being his plan when he went to Recall, staying at the Hilton. There's the brunette. He goes. What's it called? Venus Town. Venusville?
0: Venusville. Venusville.
1: That's yeah, it. Venusville. <laughs> Venusville, where um, that famous dwarf actress—I forget her name in real life—but she plays Thumbelina in the. Bar oh, Debbie there. Lee Carrington.
0: Yes. Debbie yes. Lee Carrington, and we also have the three-breasted prostitute Mary.
1: Yes. <laughs> Who hated hated that part? I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, it's as if I just, uh, you know, she's like, I could have just had my boobs out, and I would have felt better.
0: Baby, you make <laughs> me wish I had three hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? Uncle Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad plays that oh, guy with right. the slash down his face. I forget his You got a lot of nerve showing. You're your showing face. your face around here, <laughs> and <laughs> but it's it's like a cool outlaw revolutionary bar on mars and yeah he gets together with melina and there's more shit about the memory and uh, i mean uh, this is pretty much the movie's full steam ahead to the end uh, after the after this you know he finds he finds that message he left for himself in the hotel and he figures out that it's his own handwriting. And then yeah, he goes to Venusville, and that's where Eddie the cab driver with five kids to feed, who I have never had a cab driver or a lift driver that talked that much. <laughs> yeah, Betty's the name. Betty! <laughs> Betty! <laughs> I'll be right out here for you. <laughs> I got five kids to feed. <laughs> and the, 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 is this when he goes and the the doctor pretends that he's inside his memory talking to him, like in the Matrix?
0: Yeah, and then he's sweating down the side of his face. Yep,
1: that gives him away. He's like, "Just take the red pill." <laughs> uh, before that became a different sort of thing, and. Yeah, I, I, the, Yeah, the practical effects. You know, the little squibs on the head and the little flaps of skin that pop up. It just wouldn't look the same. You know, yeah. Age is so much better than 1990s special effects, you know, digital effects, which, you know, they couldn't even get it to work with that x-ray machine in the beginning. Right. So they had to animate that by hand.
0: And it looks awesome. It yeah. still looks cool. It
1: looks really cool. And all those Mars things and, yeah, that lady and the head and all the effect makeup on the mutants or the Martians or the hybrid people. I think it was mutants, right? They were yeah. mutated from the exposure to the elements and shitty air.
0: That's what I got from it, yeah.
1: And uh, Sharon Stone and the dog is like, I'm here at Recall. You know, come back to me. And there's a the fight in Melina and Sharon Stone fight, and it's so hot, and Yes, it's so cool. I, I should have said it's so cool first, but it is so hot.
0: But it is hot. <laughs>
1: yeah. And now you've done it, and the wall explodes, and Rita shows up, and, and then, yeah. yeah shooting that weird knife that Sharon Stone has out of her hand. This is a fun fucking movie. Like I said, I'm not a pushover for action movies. My wife is. She's so much more of a dude than I am. She loves (laughs) more samurai movies, more action movies. You know, she and her mom used to watch Predator and shit when she was little. And like, nice. You know, all that stuff. And I'm not a... It, Predator is another movie that I'm a big fan of, but they would just watch all of it. I'm like, I, I she's seen more James Bond movies than I have. It's that's, <laughs> that's why I'm in the kitchen and do the laundry. But no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do those things, and she hates to do them, and that's why I do them. But... Stereotypically, she is so much more of a dude than I am. <laughs> she can't cook, <laughs> but we
0: both love this movie, and,
1: and that's why I married her. But anyway,
0: recall, recall, recall. <laughs> you know, and and speaking of the action scenes, one of the early ones. It's after Quaid leaves um, their condo. He's being chased by Richter, and there's that awesome chase scene down the escalator. One of the things that always cracks me up is the dude who gets shot in front of Schwarzenegger and he uses him as a human shield.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was the scene that they had to cut up a couple times because the original cut gave them an X rating.
0: I can see why. It's fucking bloody as hell. Dude is getting shot up and then he turns around to cover his back and then throws the body at Richter. (laughs) only Paul Verhoeven. I mean, it's, you know, that that is his staple is just over the top gory violence and when you see it it's like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. Damn, you went you went balls to the wall with this. And you're not holding back and I loved every second of it. And 6-year-old me looking at that on the big screen I was like,
2: whoa, this
0: is the coolest thing ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, he's just a fantastic director who really does such a great job of being able to weave in some social and political commentary while still making the film really entertaining and not being preachy and trying to hit you over the head with it and I feel like a lot of films especially a recent film which I won't name (laughs) just (laughs) preached you and hit you over the head with it to the point where you're just like Okay, I get it. Can we still have the entertainment in there? And, and Verhoeven has always been able to walk that fine line.
1: We were talking elsewhere about Starship Troopers, but I don't know if you've ever read Starship Troopers.
0: I have not, but I love that movie.
1: You might dislike the book, then. I I read that before covering the movie, and it is a lot more pro-nationalism, war
0: That's what I've heard.
1: The guy that wrote it is a veteran. But, I mean, he was – I think he wrote it in response to Dwight Eisenhower talking about de-escalating nuclear war. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like – so he was super (sighs) pissed when Verhoeven used it as a total anti-military industrial complex nationalist satire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love it for that. (laughs) That's so great. (laughs) And so is this movie. I mean, everything about this film is just pure entertainment. There's not one point where I'm bored and you get behind the people that are living on Mars. You feel for them. Like, these poor people, they just want to be able to live and not have to worry about where their air is going to come from. And then having their air shut off the way that it is is just like it's so it, – it just speaks so much to how corporations are are able to own, like you were saying, these necessary things that we need just to survive as human beings on this earth.
1: Yeah, you know, Cohagen has the power to shut off the air all over the colony, and I mean the crux of the movie – Spoiler alert, is there's a a way for everyone, like they said when he was at recall, oh, wow, a blue sky on Mars. There are these glaciers in the middle of the planet and these giant superheatable piston rod alien mechanism machine reactor thing that would create an atmosphere much faster than even in space balls.
0: He went plaid. I'm sorry. I know I diverged, but that made me think of.
1: We are about diversions here. (laughs) And I mean, we pretty much we're until unless we talk about further aspects of the film. I mean, we are. We're. I mean, we are a fight scene away and a couple puns and uh, (laughs) dis dismembered limbs away from the end of this movie.
0: And really, it's like it's. It's such a simple movie, but yeah, that you, you can you can talk about it for a while just based on the action set pieces, the awesome dialogue, and so many quote, quotable one liners. I and mean, we've quoted all of them pretty much right off the bat, but it's it's one of those films that as soon as you watch it, you just have the best time. It's such a fun film. I, I, I feel like a lot of action movies aren't like this today where you, you just sit down and you have a good time and it still has its message, but you just enjoy it for what it is and have a good laugh. And it's there's so much rewatchability. And I think a big part of it too is the charisma of Schwarzenegger. I've always found him to be so likable and so funny and so much fun to watch on screen that in this film you can just tell that he's just chewing up every single scene and having a blast
1: oh yeah because i think the first attempt to make this into a movie was in the 70s
0: really yeah
1: it went through a lot of different uh ownerships and i don't
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. you're right uh in the mid 80s it was uh do you know de Laurentiis and um Richard Dreyfuss was attached to star as it in the in the role (sighs)
1: That would be so weird.
0: Right? And then it was Patrick Swayze later. Um, and then um, I guess the uh, the film got moved around. Then David Cronenberg was given the script, which that would have been a trip if Cronenberg directed this. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah. I I, I started to imagine it, but then I started imagining a world without the fly. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I would probably rather have Cronenberg do the fly and Verhoeven do Total Recall than the other way around.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And Cronenberg wanted to cast William Hurt in the role of Quaid. <laughs> Very different film, obviously.
1: He was like Oh, he was, was in altered history of states violence.
0: and shit. Oh yeah. 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 Big chill.
1: I haven't seen a history of violence in a while. He plays he plays the the brother. In History of Violence, right? I, I that, think so. It's been a long time, end. but yeah, I think um, so. Ed Harris plays the messed up guy that yes, shows up to threaten Vigo Mortensen for a while.
0: Um, yeah, God. he's his brother, Richie. that's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Another awesome movie.
1: I haven't read the graphic novel that it's supposed to be based off of, but...
0: Neither have I. Uh,
1: yeah, so, so uh, Patrick Swayze yeah yeah, i'm I'm trying to imagine this movie you know like uh have you yeah you've seen once upon a time in hollywood right
0: i haven't seen it yet but i'm Um, gonna watch it this weekend
1: well there's there's a scene where an actor is digitally imposed into a classic movie for a couple clips and i was trying to do that with my brain with patrick swayze in this movie but since he's it's what, like 200 less pounds than Arnold Schwarzenegger and at least a foot shorter? It, it looks kind of ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah! Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't see this film not being with Schwarzenegger starring in it and not being directed by Paul Verhoeven because it's just, it feels to me like quintessential early 90s action movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just we're, sorry, it, Everybody, well, if you're still here, we're not sorry to you, but you know, it's fucking total recall. Yeah, man. uh, (laughs) How can I tie this in? Because this might be the last episode before Christmas. Uh, Marzy? Marzy Christmas? Or (laughs) uh, something about Quaid being savior for all people? Or whatever. (laughs) Fuck it.
2: <laughs> it's Total
1: Recall December. It's get it's your totally... ass to Mars and yeah. make Christmas. It's Philip K. December.
2: Oh,
1: it's December, honey. Yeah, it's December, which is different than <laughs> No Nut November. no <laughs> you proud boys out there, I don't know anybody else that does that stupid thing. You know, it's better for your prostate too. Nut, but that's probably something for the VD clinic. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't participate in No Nut November. Thank you. Good hard pass.
1: You can, you can do that and go, go there in the corner and be your little master race. Uh, you got to clear the pipes, right? Oh, <laughs> haven't we anything from something about Mary? Uh, <laughs> if we learned nothing from that, uh, it's that, you know, Harlan Williams would creep anyone out. If I bet if you picked up Harlan Williams, he would creep you out.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. On the side of the road. Uh, Chris Elliott is funny in pretty much everything. <laughs> 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 and there are plenty of times where Cameron Diaz isn't annoying.
0: Yeah. Who would have who thought?
1: but (laughs) she is not the awesome blonde in Total Recall. That is Sharon Stone, and this is how she got Basic Instinct. Really? Yes. It be also directed by Verhoeven, right? Oh, it was? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he directed Basic Instinct.
0: Oh, shit.
1: And which would... (laughs) It was just thinking out loud here, but I mean, Basic Instinct is partially infamous for one scene, and oh, that yeah. might add a little extra comedy to uh, at the beginning of the movie where uh, Quaid wakes up with Sharon Stone. Verhoeven wanted a steamier scene to follow, and she wasn't about it. So, a little <laughs> bit of a trade off from that to Basic Instinct, I guess, because this movie is totally fine. I I I would always be happy to see more of Sharon Stone, but wouldn't we all? (laughs) But this movie wouldn't wouldn't have been known for, especially after Basic Instinct. This wouldn't be oh this is the movie where you saw Sharon Stone's butt or whatever you know. And she also did Playboy, so there's that.
0: Do we see her hoo ha in Basic Instinct, or is that you just see like partial? I've never actually seen it.
1: It's debated. It's, it's, it's uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So I should freeze frame through that scene? Just kidding. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, the people with the laser disc for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wait, what's this story about? Uh, have you seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Uh, near the end, when the dip is spilled across the road and uh, whatever, the cartoon cab wrecks. Yeah. And they're all thrown from the vehicle. On the laser disc, you know how um Disney animators have been known to insert questionable or definitely naughty things in films? Yes. Yes. When Jessica Rabbit is spinning around, there's supposed to be a freeze frame that is somewhat similar to basic instinct. What? In the Laserdisc version and previously of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Obviously oh. changed so there's not even any question in the uh, the digital and DVD and Blu-ray, if there is a Blu-ray. But there there is a freeze frame that people have paused many a time, from what I hear.
0: Wow, this is blowing my mind.
1: I I've, I've never owned the laserdisc so I've never done it but that is definitely part of the who framed Roger 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 Rabbit lore.
0: I used to watch that over and over again as a kid so a lot of subliminal things were going through my brain I guess.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, what the baby, the baby that talks about a, a what a 30 year Oh, with the cigar? Yeah, and I've got a 30 year old mind and a 3 year old dinky and stuff like that i mean
0: we've jumped all around i love it because now i'm like i need to rewatch who framed roger rabbit and paycheck and all these other movies (laughs) yes
1: i definitely check and see if paycheck is available it might be on amazon prime not to give them any more plugging than they don't need but uh it's a fun little weird movie and it's It would kind of go well in a double feature for Total Recall if we're we're getting back towards the topic
0: or dancing
1: around the topic.
0: And, you know, speaking of, like, another thing about Total Recall is that they wanted to do a sequel to this originally of Minority Report that would basically have Schwarzenegger reprise his role as Quaid and then go into Minority Report because he's basically taken on, you know, becoming this... Special Agent, which would have been interesting.
1: Yeah. That one, I feel, diverges a lot more from the short story to the movie adaptation.
0: That's another awesome movie. Tom Cruise. No matter what you think of him, dude is amazing at doing his own stunts.
1: Yes. And I'm fortunate enough, I I don't know, really, maybe you can elaborate if you like a little bit on the topic, but, you know, with the eternal art from artist debate, he hasn't done as many knowingly terrible things as other people that people talk about, like uh, the guy that directed Jeepers Creepers or even talking about some Roman Polanski. But it it seems like a lot of people kind of agree along the spectrum of it from... You know, I, I really don't watch anything by so-and-so versus it doesn't bother me at all. Things yeah. that they have um, consumed before they found out or things that were made before they did the thing tend to be a lot of people's cutoff line. And, uh, could you... How, how do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the fact that he's a Scientologist, eh, you know, he, he's doing his thing. I don't really care. I like his movies because, again, the dude, he... he you know, for being what, like, he's, like, in his mid-50s, he still does his own stunts. He goes all out and puts his body on the line to really get that shot and to make it feel authentic. I have tons of respect for that. Um, like, when it comes to films like Jeepers Creepers, yeah, it's it's a little weird. I mean, not a little weird. It's very weird, the stuff that he's done but I still like that movie. I like Justin Long a lot, and I think the movie's pretty cool. Um, but it's not one that I don't think I'd probably review on my channel just because I don't really want to promote it in a way, if that makes sense, where it's like I can enjoy the movie, but I just don't want to think about the guy that's attached to it. Whereas, like, I, I still like Polanski's movies, even though, yes, he's total creeper. I, I feel like there's certain things where you can be able to separate the artist from the film. And, you know, even with, like, Harvey Weinstein, he's produced so many films that I love and a lot of people love. So is and, Steve Mnuchin. Right.
1: So, <laughs> well, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. but it, no. Speaking no, of but Weinstein, it's... but yeah, Steve Mnuchin's name is on most of the Marvel movies.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I'm not gonna stop watching those movies or enjoy them because a terrible man who's done terrible things is attached to it. I still like the movies and I can acknowledge that happened, but I can still enjoy the film for what it is because at the end of the day, the film isn't a representation of one person's terrible actions, at least for me.
1: And some stories I think are more separate and that's been I haven't really talked about this because this isn't a solely horror show, and I don't know if Jeepers Creepers has really come up before, but uh, there, some, some movies don't have much to do with the crimes or misdeeds of the creator, and I think the Jeepers Creepers, a movie made by a pedophile, about a old monster that searches and sniffs out the parts of young people that they want to consume and destroy their lives, it's hard for me to not think about him being a pedophile. Now, I didn't know that after I saw the first two movies, and I haven't seen the third, but...
0: It's terrible.
1: Is it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I I guess I'm not missing out. But, you know, there, there are places where I personally just cannot separate it and it you know and it, it's about like who wants to enjoy i mean aside from how you feel about it politically or socially or whatever but who wants to try to watch something that makes them feel like shit yeah you know everything else aside you know you can either put it aside or you can't and i can't in some cases so watching it just is like <laughs> it's
0: got other stuff yeah no i mean and i I I can absolutely see that. And it's like, yeah, Jeepers Creepers is one that's like it's a little bit more difficult for me. It's I I used to watch it a lot with my mom. My mom loves that movie. And then when we found out about the dude being a pedophile, was like, fuck. That movie's so awesome (laughs) though. Like the practical effects and the gore and you know, I, I got a soft spot for Justin Long, so I can't help it. I like the guy. I loved him in Tusk, which I think is an underrated film. Um, I but, still haven't
1: watched yeah. it. I'll watch it's it fun. Some t- sometime.
0: It's fun. It's kind of, uh, it's it's not as like nasty as Human Centipede, but it's kind of within that realm.
1: I feel you. You know, I've got, I've, I know I've seen it other times, but the first time I saw Jeepers Creepers 2, I was on tour with my band. And we had a day off with actually somebody around that we knew that we could hang out with, but they had to go to work, but they worked at a movie theater and I can't remember what movie we wanted to see, <laughs> but we couldn't get into that one. So we watched Jeepers Creepers too. and I mean, we had a good time.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of Polanski, Chinatown was one of my favorite films of all time. I love that movie. You got Faye Dunaway and Jack Nicholson? <sighs> Come on.
1: <laughs> forget it, Jake. Um,
0: <laughs> I know this, we're so off yeah, topics. This,
1: forget it, Jake. <laughs> this is my- Um I, overall though, I, I think we we've, we've spoken long enough if we stopped right now, but we've, <laughs> let's uh, let's think about. Is there something that we should have mentioned about? Oh, Quato. Oh, Quato. Gu- <laughs> the, the psychic revolutionary. Oh, my God.
0: What's always made me laugh is when, so he opens up his shirt. You see the little, little tiny baby humanoid old man thing coming out of his stomach. And when he says, you know, take my hands, and he takes his hands, and you hear Quato as he grabs his hands going, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> open your mind
1: <laughs> and he's in what uh marshall bell who also was in starship troopers yeah so we got what dean dean norris and marshall bell they were in starship troopers michael, michael iron side yeah uh, the awesome drill sergeant you know come on, come on, you mutts, you want to live forever, like total <laughs> one-armed alien-killing badass that you yeah. hate to love in uh, Starship Troopers and then the eventually no-armed badass <laughs> that you love to hate yeah. in Total Recall.
0: Oh, and that, that scene when they're going up the elevator and I love that scene when his arms get ripped off and he's just falling down the elevator and Schwarzenegger <laughs> is just holding both of his arms and he goes, See you at the party, Richter, and throws his arms off the elevator.
1: <laughs> Such a good line, and it also, you know, is the throwback to another scene that we didn't talk about where Kohagen, they've captured Arnold and Melina getting ready to mess with their memories and stuff and fix everything. And Cohagen shows up and shows Arnold the video of himself being an asshole. You know, I was like,
2: oh, that's my body.
1: And I had it first. (laughs) And, you know, just totally letting him know. And he's kind of the ultimate nice guy at this point in the movie. Just letting him know how terrible he is and Cohagen's telling him, you know, in a couple minutes, you're not going to give a shit about all these people who are who are who were suffocating. We've got money to make and you know what? I've got a party. Hey, remind him when you're fucking with his memory that he's coming to my party.
0: Right. And you know, they're telling Molina that and you're going to be, you know, a very agreeable young woman and yeah, you're like going to do woman as you're should told. Be
1: yeah, compliant. <laughs> loving oh, I was like I'm so glad he gets the Martian ending you know
0: oh yeah dude get,
1: yeah you know Richter he gets what's coming to him but also you know was treating him like shit and blaming him for everything and you see that little split you know Cohagen's, or you know Richter still wasn't gonna do the right thing but Cohegan's the ultimate baddie of this movie
0: and there's this one point it's early on when richter and cohagan are talking over like their video cell phone type of thing and he's like i'm losing you i'm losing you i've got sunspots and he just cuts
2: them off (laughs) what
3: (laughs) What?" (laughs) i'm trying to use the phone
0: I just love the way that he delivers that. I've got sunspots. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're constantly at odds. Kohagen is telling Richter, don't think. I don't pay you to think. You just do.
1: I don't give you enough information to think. Yeah. You're my fucking dog.
0: Yeah, Ronnie Cox is so good at being a fucking asshole. He's so good at it that I love him.
1: So he's probably a really nice guy in real life.
0: Probably, you know, and that's the thing. Anyone, like most of these actors who are playing the major baddies in films are usually like the nicest people, which I, it makes sense because you get to be someone that you're not for, you know, a few months on on set and have a good time being a a total douchebag in a movie. That seems like fun. I would do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, be the the thing you hate.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's
1: very therapeutic.
0: Very cathartic, for sure. Um,
1: But yeah, oh man, Ronnie Cox, what, Beverly Hills Cop, RoboCop, RoboCop, we already talked about.
0: Deliverance.
1: Yeah, the deliverance. That's what I was thinking of.
0: Another amazing film.
1: Oh, you know what? I think he's also in a movie that I keep thinking about doing on this show, but I don't really know, one, if it's as okay as I remember. But I think he's in Murder at 1600, that Wesley Snipes crime thriller from the 90s where he's investigating a murder at the White House. I think Ronnie Cox is in that.
0: Uh, Yeah, you're right. He plays the president. There we go. (laughs) And he was in the 1990 version of Captain America.
1: (laughs) Oh, that one.
0: Fake ears and all.
1: (laughs) So... um... Final words on Total Recall. Uh, how many lulls do you give it? <laughs> and, uh, and what are you feeding this thing?
0: Anyway. <laughs> um, I give it I give it 10 out of 10. Um, and I've been feeding this thing mostly blondes as well.
2: Hey, there we go. <laughs>
0: So, I'm, you know, I, I can totally relate so to Quaid. I get it. Um, yeah, fucking love his movie. It's so much fun. And the practical effects still hold up. It's so quotable. And um, yeah, it's just a good time, good time movie.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, why don't you pimp your wares before we get our asses to Mars?
0: Ah, yes. Uh, So you can find me on YouTube as Desmond's Flicks. I have a podcast called Desmond's Flicks. Darren's been on my podcast a few times. Um, And uh, check me out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Desmond's Flicks. Um, Focus on horror films and cult movies. Um, I have a bit of a hot take on the new Black Christmas movie. (laughs) So check out that review. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am... I have a lot of feelings we can talk about it off air but I have a lot of feelings but yeah that's where you can find me
1: all right yeah that might that might be a little too early to spoil so yeah here I mean if you found me you seem to know how to find me but if this is if you're here because I'm smart and I get people who are more popular than I am to come onto my show I am Darren this is psycho semantic or the psycho semantic cast. It's psychosemantic pretty much anywhere you look, one word, except for on Twitter. It is at political movies because some dickhead is squatting on at psychosemantic and doing nothing with it. God! Yeah, right? Get your ass to Mars! Don't forget to duck and cover and.
3: My name is not Qua! My brother and I still do that.